Welcome, Wildcat fans, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Football Game Day Show. We are the Weber State affiliate member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, uh, we have a returning guest and analyst to Weber State Weekly. We have former football coach at Weber State, Tom Stackrug. Tom, how are you doing? Uh, I know I, we were talking a little bit before, and you didn't get a chance to celebrate Canada uh, Canadian Thanksgiving this week. Huge bummer. There's a bummer, man. That yeah. the Lakers lost the box elder. It's just been turmoil around here, man. Turmoil, but the cats won and that's all that matters. Yeah. I'm sure that Sean Lewis is going to have something to say about the bees getting a dub because uh, he never wants to see that. <laughs> so with us, with us today as well, we've got uh, Sean Lewis, Sean, tell us about the um, box elder bees. I, I hate them with the heat of a thousand suns. <laughs> uh, High school rivals with Sean. Sean is a uh, non-fan of box elder bees as a Bear River guy. As a, as a loyal Bear River bear, box elder can just pound sand. Yeah, and I hate to say it, uh, Tom, but uh, as a loyal Roy High Royal, I'm fine with the Lakers losing. Totally fine with that. <laughs> wrong, man. It's just wrong. <laughs> but we can all come together under the banner of Weber State. Yes, and, we can. And, and it's game day, and that's what makes us happy. Yes, we can, and it is game day. So let's uh, talk a little bit about today's show. So we're going to give Tom an opportunity to talk a little bit about the Eastern Washington um, uh, HOCO win last weekend. Uh, and then we're going to talk about today's game at Portland State, up in Portland at Hillsboro. Uh, and then we'll take a, the, our normal quick fly around the sky, talk about this week's matchups and do some picks. I mean, guys, uh, we've had some pretty good luck last week. Nobody missed. It was five for five for everybody. Everybody went five and oh last week. So now as it sits, I mean, Tom looking pretty good at eight and two, Sean, 12 and three, and I'm uh 39 and six. So, all right, fellas, we're doing good. Those are pretty good picks. We'll see how we go. We do that. This to, uh, for today's segment. But uh, before we get into all that, encourage everyone subscribe to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, good places to find Weber State Weekly. Of course, please tell your friends, your family, the folks that uh, care about Weber State, let them know that Weber State Weekly exists and that we're covering Wildcat sports. We want to do our very best to let Wildcat fans know about what's going on on campus with the programs that you care the most about. And uh, the best way we can do that is your stamp of approval, word of mouth, folks. So please tell your friends and your family about Weber State Weekly. Of course, they can interact with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all good places to interact with Weber State Weekly and our team. And of course, you can become a member of our Patreon supporters group. Patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly is the place to do it. We really appreciate our patrons. They help us keep the lights on here at Weber State Weekly and also help us to continue to try and grow our, uh, our base so that we can eventually try and hire. I got some paperwork in right now to get a student intern uh, from my, uh, from the alma mater there. So we'll see, but uh, really appreciate our Patreon supporters. Really. They, they do such, such an amazing um, service to us by contributing and helping us to pay the bills over here. So appreciate all of you. So that's that, man. Tom, let's, let's start with you, give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about Eastern Washington. So starting out, what did you like about this game against Eastern? Well, the biggest thing I liked is is a typical Jay Hill coach football game, right? Yeah. Start off firing. We're going to take advantage. If you don't have yourself covered in special teams, we're going to find your weak link and we're going to take advantage of it. We're going to play great defense. We're going to get a turnover here and there. And the, the best thing about the, the new era of Jay Hill uh, football, we got offense, man. Mm. You know, we got offense. So now it's even, it's even, it's always been good, but now it's even getting better. So that's kind of my takeaway from, from that part of the game. Yeah. Good special teams play. Like you said, Abraham Williams, a hundred yard kick return, uh, won him big sky special teams player of the week with that, that performance. And so, yeah, statement, good win. Um, Wildcats moved up one spot. They're at number six, I believe, in the country now. So uh, some some important games coming up, obviously. But let's talk a little bit about today's. But before, let's talk about what you didn't like. Tom, what didn't you like from what you saw on Saturday? The one thing I didn't like is that we had a chance in that game to to take it over and put them out of their misery. And we didn't do it. 
you know, we kind of let him hang, hang around a little bit. And we were, it was, you know, of course, we then we finally took control. But sometimes when you let a team like that, that's capable of, of scoring some points and stuff, you let them hang around. And then all of a sudden the clock ticks zero and it's like, oh, we need one more chance to win the game. So that would be the only thing I, I would say is that, you know, we had that bad snap and, you know, I mean, we just kind of let them hang around just a little bit, but then then we took control and finished them off. So, yeah, I think that a big missed opportunity was allowing the Eagles to have that goal line stand. Right. The Wildcats out of the end zone on the one yard line. We right. The Eagles have the absolute worst run defense in the conference. and. The Wildcats ran three, three, four straight runs there, I believe, and just couldn't get it into the end zone. So a little bit of a confidence booster for the Eagles at that point in the game, because had the Wildcats scored there, they're up 21-7. The Eagles start to maybe feel outclassed a little bit, and maybe it shows in the gameplay, but that was not the case. And so gave right. them an opportunity to kind of stick, like you said, Tom, hang around a little bit. Uh, until the second half where the Wildcats just shut them down. Right. So MVP offensively, Tom, who do you have for that game? Yeah. You know, you're not going to give me a defensive MVP or an offense uh, or offense. I, yeah. I'll give you a chance to do both. Yeah. But we'll start with the offense. Man, I'm, I'm kind of I'm teetering a little bit, but I am going to go. I mean, I am going to say the offensive line just because of the amount of the amount of yards that they rushed. You know, um, the rushing yards that they they had, um, but that that goal line stance is kind of a little bit <laughs> bothers me a little bit. But as far as rushing the ball and doing those things, I thought they those guys did a great job up front. So yeah, I'd have to give it to the offensive line. Yeah, I got to get the push, but yeah, I mean, a, a very, a very deserving candidate. So now, Tom, the reverse, the defensive side of the ball, who's your MVP there? I like the secondary. I mean, I think our secondary has just been outstanding, you know, um, Jane, you know, and I guess um, they, they, uh, they're living up to what their reputation uh, or what they've been perceived to be this year. I mean, they're just doing an outstanding job uh, in the back end. Been tested often thus far yeah. this season with a lot of teams that like to throw the ball around the yard and have handled it fairly well. So totally understand the pick. So any final thoughts, Tom, before we move on to today's game against Portland state? I just, I just like, uh, you know, I just like the way that, that we were able to come out firing, you know, special teams being aggressive with that and also, you know, throwing the deep ball. I mean, it seems like that's a theme, uh, the theme for our offense is try to be really aggressive and, and, you know, attack, 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 which is, it's been nice to see. And the other thing I kind of, I've been kind of thinking about too, is that um, the lack of run to game with our quarterback and, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. You know, I don't think he was, I think he was really banged up last year and I don't think he was a hundred percent, you know, and sometimes when you play quarterback and your legs aren't right and you can't deliver the football, you know, and you take those hits running the football, running the ball all the time. I think, I think him not running the ball as much has helped a lot with the throw game. And I tell you what, you know, you watch some of those slants that he throws. And it, again, it's a, it's a uh, kudos to the, to the receiving core and to him, but you can really see those guys have worked on it in the summertime. When they throw those slants, it's not like that ball comes and it's behind me and I got to gather. I mean, it's like, it's almost like a long handoff. I mean, they, he is so accurate with that ball and those guys are catching it full speed. And that's when you can really get some great yards when you don't have to gather to catch the ball when he puts it right on them. So, you know, if, uh, if that's I can the one thing. To that point, Tom, um, mm -hmm. I, 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 I agree with you. Those balls look pretty When I, I sit on the uh, west side of Stewart Stadium and when they're going towards the south end zone, there's been a couple of balls that, uh, uh, Bronson is thrown to to the fade uh, to the yeah. corner of the end zone, and those are just beautiful. And you, and you just see yeah. it open up right in front of you. And it, it, I don't think I've seen a prettier ball at Weber State. But to your point about not having Bronson run, um, I I want to know, and from your experience, it felt like a lot of the inconsistency at quarterback was trying to over the last two plus seasons, and I'll include the spring in that. 
was trying to have the quarterbacks too, doing too much and they would get out of the pocket and try to run and then you'd get an injury or something like that. And, and, and so we didn't have that consistency in quarterbacks. So I, I'm curious if you think that's a strategic point that, that coach mental and coach Hill have put in this year to keep uh, Bronson in the pocket and, and design those quick strikes so he doesn't have to get out of the pocket and try to create in that way. I think, you know, as far as the, the first part of that question is, as far as him not running the ball as much, like, think about it. We got some guys there that can run the ball. I mean, that's what they're, that's sure. what they're on scholarship. Sure. I mean, and not just some, not just guys, but like some dudes back there that can yeah, really, yeah. you know, take it the distance. So why, why waste a handoff with Bronson and Bronson's a good athlete, but he's not a guy. I don't think, I don't think that he can run away from people. I think he'd get hocked from behind, but those running backs, they're able to not only, you know, run away from people, but also to run over people. You know, and their bodies are built to do that. I mean, just physically, you know, and I I just think it's the whole offensive scheme. I mean, I I think it's great that I just kind of see an identity with the offense. I see it just seems like, you know, man, it's just so smooth. There's there's no unforced errors. There's no offsides. There's no many. There's no missubstitutions. It's just so much cleaner, you know, and I think that's just I think they've built an identity. I think uh, Coach Mental says has has done a great job of saying this is who we are this is what we're going to do and you guys go out and execute it and i think i think the 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 kids the players are drinking the kool-aid and they're executing i think it's um contagious i'm not in the locker room you know i don't know i don't know the players but i've been on teams where i i bet over the years you know you play defense and and you're and you're busting your tail and you're getting turnovers and you're you're losing you know seven to three or seven to six i think that the whole attitude of that team is awesome because i think that the defense is taking it up a notch because they know if they get a turnover they're going to get a score and then they're going to, you know, and now all of a sudden you're playing, you're playing defense and the score is seven to 21 and I'm sitting there playing DB and I'm going, it's seven to 21. This ball's coming up and I'm going to get, I'm going to get an interception or it's, we're up by 14 points. He's going to throw the ball and I'm going to get a sack. So it's a different mentality. So that's kind of what I see from the whole, whole team. Sort of that like all plays together. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say sort of like, you know, baseball playoffs are going off going on right now. And when an ACE pitcher has a little bit of run support, it definitely changes what they choose to throw and where they can, if they've got margin for error, sometimes they'll take it because they know that they have that run support. So what you're saying makes sense, Tom. I I don't think this is the venue for this conversation. So I'm going to put this on Colby to to talk about it on a Monday show. But I had a, a close friend talk to me the other day about is Mickey mental playing himself or coaching himself into a bigger job. I mean, he's not going to be at Weber state too long because of the turnaround. The offense has shown this year. A hundred percent. I believe that, but we'll talk more about that. Like you said, Sean, yeah. a different show, but I do believe yeah. that. Yes. That people are watching what coach mental is doing and that he will be getting opportunities probably very soon. Yeah. So enjoy coach mental while we got him here in Ogden. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Portland State now, guys. So doing research about the Vikings, of course, a little bit of a revenge game. Wildcats did not get what they wanted last season. I think we can all agree that the Wildcats were basically knocked out of playoff contention because of the loss to the Vikings in Ogden last season. Davis Alexander had an absolutely terrific game. Um, But this, this is a different Portland State Vikings team this year. Doing research, first thing that stood out to me was that PSU has the third worst offense in the conference. They average just 330 yards a game. Only Northern Arizona and Northern Colorado are worse. Now, head coach Bruce Barnum is usually known as an offensive-minded coach. That's what he's done in the past. But this Vikings team doesn't seem to be able to put move the ball the way that probably he wants. So can the Vikings get it going today or do you kind of expect another slog for that offense because of the quality of the Wildcat defense? I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, one of the top ranked defenses in the FCS is going to put the hurt on one of the not so great offenses in the FCS. If, if we're just looking at the quality of teams, 
I I think if I'm the defense, I'm I'm licking my chops, and if I'm the offense, I'm licking my chops on Weber State. This, by all accounts, should be an I don't want to call it an easy W, but a comfortable W for the Wildcats. That said, weird things happen in Oregon, and that's why you play the games. That's why you play the game, Tom. What about you? How are you feeling about this offense to defense matchup today, just in general? Uh, I'm not, I'm I had some, some concerns a little bit, you know, because I went back and I did watch the Montana game, you know, and so the Montana game, there's four minutes in the half, right. And it's 17, 14 for Montana. And at that point, Portland state has not played well. They're only down by three and they have not played very well. They, uh, their protection, Montana saw something in protection and um, they had free run at the quarterback. Uh, So they had that issue. Um, They had an issue with Montana fumbled the ball and recovered it for a first down. So that kind of didn't go Portland state's way. And they were still only down 17 to 14 with four minutes left to go. Now, all of a sudden, Portland State runs a little line stunt and Montana breaks it for a 50-yard gain, okay? So now they're up, now they're up, what, 17? Now they're up 24, right? So now they're up 24, and now there's about two minutes left, and then Montana kicks off, and the Portland kid downs the ball, but he downs the ball on the one-yard line. Oh. And then they give up. Now Portland State, they go ahead and give up a safety. Mm. And so in that three to four minute, you know, if you watch that first part, you're going, hey, you know, this quarterback's running around. He's doing some things, you know, got some stuff going on in defense, you know. But if you turned it on with the last minute and a half, you'd go, oh, man, Portland State's terrible. So what what, what version of Portland State are we going to get? Well, and I, I I think you're right. And and looking at the box score, I, I didn't watch any of that game, so I can't I can't say specifically. But uh, that five minutes to end the half, that score jumped up quite a bit. And yeah, that's and, and I think I think right now um, the biggest thing for the Wildcats is to not beat themselves. I think we can all agree that the Wildcats have not put a complete game together. I don't think we played a complete four quarters at all. Uh, yet this year. And this is the last tune-up before the toughest part of the schedule. And so you've got to make sure that you're not looking ahead to that trip to Bozeman. Um, And you've got to make sure that um, we take care of what we need to do, because I don't think, I don't think Portland state can beat us, but I think Weber state can beat us. Right. And and you get what I'm saying with that. We, we, we can beat ourselves. And the other thing to that, to that, that I wanted to add is just that, uh, I've got to think that if Portland state is going to have a chance in this one, they've got to punch the wildcats in the mouth in the first quarter, get a two score lead or so and, and get the wildcats on their heels because the wildcats have not really played from behind much this year. And they haven't had that, that punch in the mouth. We've had one where, where, you know, Eastern scored a touchdown and, and it was seven, seven, it was 14, 14, but we've never been down. Um, by by those two or two plus scores, and I, I think that's going to be the mode for the teams coming up on the Wildcat schedule is is punch Weber in the mouth and see if you can get something going. But if the defense continues what they're doing, I I just don't think Portland State has the offensive firepower to break the Weber State defense. And if they're going to do it, they got to do it in the first half because we've all seen Jay Hill's second half adjustment. Hmm. This team is a different team in the second half, and they lock it down. And so I, I, I actually see this one going very similar to the Montana game for Portland State and Weber State. I think you'll see a, a, a similar pattern. Well, the one thing too is when I'm Portland State and their approach when they went into Montana, and I've been in these games too, right? Where you're going against somebody like on paper, you're looking at the game going, all right. I'm not as good as these guys. Right. And that's what Portland state's saying right now. So how do I make myself better? Well, I steal a possession and that's what they did against Montana. They did a, they did like a sky kick on kickoff. The first kickoff, they did a sky kick and they recovered it on Montana's 10 yard line. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's how they started the game. And then, so now they score there 
And then I think it was a fourth down play on the 30 and they throw a double plat, a double pass. And so they convert yeah. on that and they get it down to 10. So if I'm Portland state, I know that I have to steal two possessions. And so um, kind of reminds me of a team last year that went up to Eastern Washington and said, Hey, we're not playing as good as Eastern Washington. So we better steal some possessions. And they stole some possessions from Eastern Washington last year and one and beat Eastern Washington. So it's kind of, I think it's going to be uh, Portland state's philosophy. The same idea as, Hey, how can we steal some possess- possessions because we're not as good as, uh, as Weber state. And that's what you got to do when you're playing against somebody that's not as good as you. Sure. So guys, if you remember last year, wildcat fans everywhere will remember the performance of senior quarterback Davis Alexander for the Vikings. I think he single-handedly is the one that ended Wildcat playoff hopes in that game at Stewart stadium, shocking that crowd when the Vikings got the dub. Um, obviously now he's moved on and is now replaced by sophomore Dante Sachere. Sachere. Got it. Uh, the Vikings averaged just 207 yards a game through the air though. Do you think that the, that the Vikings will be able to have success through the air because they haven't had a lot of success on the ground. This is really what they have is trying to throw the ball or in the case of Dante Sachere, he's running and throwing the ball. He also just so happens to be their lead rusher. But do you see them being able to get anything going through the air? Because Bo Kelly still exists on their team. He's now a senior wide receiver. That's a second team all big sky guy last season. Talk to me a little bit about what you feel with the Viking pass game for today. Tom, lead it up. Uh, I'm not, I'm not real concerned about that passing game, but I'm, I'm concerned with the fact that Weber state likes to play a lot of man free. Okay. So you play man free and then you have your back to the quarterback and I've watched him. Like I said, I watched him against Montana. He's an athletic kid, right? He can run around, he can make plays. Um, you go back to the, the uh, Utah tech game. Where did our secondary break down? There was three or four plays that our secondary broke down is when, we had that great pass rush and the quarterback stepped up and he searched some guys out because that's the hardest coverage to be in is when that quarterback is like, is he going to run? Is he going to pass? He broke the pocket. Do I stay on my guy? That that's the hardest, you know, um, coverage to be in. So that's the one, the one area that, that concerns me, but as far as him just setting back and dropping and, and slinging the ball around the yard, if he's in that game, that does not worry me. But if he gets outside the pocket, starts moving around big play here, big play there, either with his arm um, because of a broken down coverage, because those guys had to hold their coverage so long, or with his feet. So those that's that's would be my concern in in the in the in the pass game. I agree with Coach. I, I think that where Weber State, we talked about it on the show before, where the Weber State defense has struggled maybe a little bit. Uh, uh, the one nit that we pick is is quarterbacks that break containment and and the all of a sudden it's playground football. And, and weird things happen, right? So I, I agree. This kid is athletic. He, he's he's going to look for options. And if, if the pass option isn't there, he's going to run. And so it's going to be dependent upon uh, the Wildcats to stay home, to, to fulfill their assignments on defense, and and be ready for when he, he finds the hole and leaves um, and be able to, to make the tackle and, and limit yards after the catch. I, I think that Portland will have some some big plays. I think the broken plays are where they're going to find that, and it, and it's going to be up to the Wildcat defense to to contain those. And as long as they're they're staying home and and not allowing the big broken play, then then I think they'll be fine in the passing game. I think that this is a really good opportunity for the Wildcats to continue to work on that containment because, like you yep. said, Dante Sachere, a very athletic quarterback. He can get it done. He can break the pocket and he can just run. So the Wildcats probably will be committed to containment to keep him there, force him to throw, which like you were saying, Tom, then means that the Wildcats will be having to play. The secondary will have to play in man coverage and they're going to have to come up big. I like this as a tune-up because we're going to see a lot of that in the following week against Montana State should Sean Chambers start that game. Now we'll see because Tommy Malott allegedly is starting in Greeley today, but Chambers has done a lot of that 
a lot of breaking and just running. And so I think it's a good dress rehearsal for an opponent like Chambers facing a very mobile quarterback in Dante Sachere, who you're going to have to keep him home and force him to use his arm, take the legs away and see if he can beat this secondary. And you'll just have to see how that shakes out. I think the same thing about Montana's Lucas Johnson. He is a similar quarterback in that way. So this is a very good dress rehearsal for the quarterbacks that are coming in the next couple of weeks. So guys, talking a little bit about that rushing, like we said, Sashray is also the Vikings leading rusher with 294 yards on the ground this season. We talked a little bit about just then about the Wildcats keeping him home, going into man coverage. But like I said, there are targets out there like senior wide receiver, Bo Kelly, who was a second team, all big sky guy. Do you think that should the Wildcats keep home, that the secondary will be able to handle that man coverage for the most part. Cause like you said, Sean, I think that there, if, if the Vikings have an opportunity, it's likely going to be in broken plays or busted coverage. Well, and I think we've hit that point, Colby. Um, the, the analysis from both of us is, is it the busted play? It's the broken coverage. And as coach said earlier, it, it's the stealing those possessions. Right. Um, I, again, I, I think Portland state has to play their best game to date to even have a chance against the Wildcats. But if they do, they're going to have a chance. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit then about the defensive side of the ball. So Portland State has three guys in the top 10 in the conference in sacks. They have senior defensive tackle EJ Ane. They have, he has three. They have senior safety Robert Holt. He has two. And sophomore DB Tyree Shakir with two. Then, of course, there's defensive end Jake Porter, who's just on that cusp. He's actually number 11 in the conference with two sacks. And defensive tackle senior VJ Malo, if you remember him last season, he's a second-team all-big sky guy. He's there, too. He hasn't necessarily had the best season, but talent. We saw the way that he played last year. So it feels like this Vikings pass rush could create problems for Bronson Barron and the offense. How are you feeling about that pass rush with coach mental scheme, which is designed specifically to get the ball out quickly thoughts? Well, I think again, Portland state, like Weber state, you know, Portland state likes to play man, man coverage. Right. So when you're playing man coverage, you got your back to the quarterback. So this could be Bronson's best best outing as far as rushing the football. And I'm not talking design rushes. I'm talking about scrambling, breaking the pocket, you know, and, and just seeing a lot of open space there. The one thing too, is that, you know, defensively they're, they're where they're at because of big plays and that's tied into playing man defense. Right. And that's where I see, that's where I saw Montana make a lot of money is those, those one-on-one matchups, winning those one-on-one matchups for big, big plays. And same thing. Like I said, just before the half, they ran Portland state's D line ran a little stunt up front and they didn't have all the gaps covered. And all of a sudden the backs out the door for 45 yard gain, you know, um, because the receiver, because the DBs are running with the receivers. So I think, you know, I think, like you talked about, they have some skilled guys on the defense, especially in the front seven. Yeah. I just think it's you're putting a lot of pressure on the back end to play man. And, and if you're going to be stubborn and play that and say that you're going to you're going to uh, match up with our uh, McPherson, right, that can go deep. Um, uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup, right? Like, what are you going to do with that? I mean, he's got kind of a history of running by guys. So how are they going to, how are you going to defend that? But I think that's, it'd be interesting if they change their philosophy and say, you know what games have gotten away from us because we've been, been playing man coverage, you know, maybe they'll play some zone, you know, maybe they'll have a, a you know, let's keep everything in front of us and, and make Weber state, kind of like UC Davis did, right? That's why that UC Davis game was such a low scoring game because it was like, Hey, okay, we'll give you the five yards and the 10 yards and all those type of things, but you're going to have to run 10 plays, 12 plays all the way down the field. You're going to have to execute that many plays to score. And that's, that's hard to do when you, when you don't do that. I mean, you look at all the, the last, all the games that Weber States played, 
where's the high high scores come from? What games, when you look at the, the big games that we've scored a lot of points, comes from explosive plays. Utah State, right? Utah, you know, Utah Tech, explosive plays, right? Eastern Washington. I don't know if we had a ton, but we had the first one, but we had explosive plays on special teams, right? So... I think that's that's going to be interesting if to see what they do. You know, are they going to are they going to you know how are they going to cover us and not deny us those explosive plays? Colby, I'm I'm going to take a different tack on this one. Um, Portland State has 13 sacks as a team this season in five games. That averages two per game. Um, so if they, if they get to Bronson, that's great. They'll get to him twice at their average. I don't see him getting much more than that. Um, by the way, Weber State's only given up five in five games. We're only giving up one per game. So I, I think our our offensive line is, is going to be better and be able to handle that. Um, I'm not worried about them getting to the quarterback. I, our offense is built on quick strikes, um, timing, precision passing, and and getting the ball to the running back and getting that, that back in space. Um, I, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, right now, the Wildcats, number two in the conference at sacks against... And then with just five on the season, you know, so they've yeah. done a really good job of keeping Bronson upright. And part of that, I think, is like we just talked about the fact that the ball gets out relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, next thing. Uh, well, we've talked a little bit about this already. The PSU secondary, it's ninth in the conference. They don't even have a, a guy in the top 25 in PBUs. So my question is this, because we've already talked about the situation that likely the secondary will be in. Do you how likely do you think it is that Barron cracks 300 yards passing in this game? Because I don't think that he has thus far this season. I take the under. You you think that he still won't that the the offense will remain balanced? Yeah, that, that's what Coach Benson told us at the beginning of the season. Um, they've tried to keep uh, yards um, relatively the same, um, and I I I think that. Uh, if Weaver gets any kind of lead in this one, we go to the run game and just try to, to run clock and run clock and run clock. So um, I, I don't see him having to throw it all over the field to beat uh, Portland state. So what about you? How do you feel about Bronson Barron potentially cracking 300 yards? Oh, I think he's going to have a great game. I think he's going to have, you're going to look at the end of the game and he's going to have a great stat as far as scrambling, rushing yards. And I think he's going to have a great game of throwing the football because I think he's going to have one, maybe two deep balls. But I think, I think those slants and those, those, those uh, quick hitting plays, you know, the three steps drops, I think, it's it's going to be a situation where we're going to break a tackle and we're going to run for a million yards. That's what I think. Just from watching him, just watching them execute that last game against Eastern Washington and how precise they were of as far as, you know, one, two, three, throw the ball and that receiver is reaching for the ball, which tells me that he's reaching and as a, he has a full stride when he's catching that ball. And when you're playing man coverage, could be a problem, right? Like I can just see, I can see some of our receivers having a you know a short pass turning it into some big gains so i'm gonna i'm gonna say we're gonna go over i think it's gonna be a great game for him um final one here guys before we wrap up uh this this segment last stat that i noted the vikings are second in the conference in red zone defense but here's the rub they have given up the third most trips to the red zone in the conference it's 23 of the 17 successful visits by their opponents 16 were touchdowns do you expect the Wildcat offense to grind it out or will you think you think it'll be more big plays that that will largely be what we see explosive plays that will lead to scores like we saw against Eastern Washington opening up the game? I think the Wildcats break through on their touchdown log jam in the red zone. I, I, I think if the, if the Wildcats get to the red zone, um, we're going to score more touchdowns. This is how I'm going to put it. In the in the red zone stat, I say we score more touchdowns than field goals this week. Okay, and that makes sense, right? Because of the seventeen successful visits to the red zone against the Vikings, sixteen were touchdowns. So that gives, I think, that should give Wildcat fans confidence. Tom, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I I, I really want to see. I just love. I love to see when everybody's in the in the in the stadium going. They're going to run the ball. 
Weber State's going to run the ball. And I want us to score running the ball when everybody knows we're running the ball. You know, I want to knock them off the line of scrimmage and just kind of flex their muscles and just say, hey, you know, you've got a problem because you knew we were going to run the ball and we just ran right over you. So that's that's my hope. That's what I want to see, you know. And we talked about it, right, because you're talking about big plays. The big plays is in the back end, that man coverage, right? So I, I want to see us being able to knock some people off and off the, off the ball. I mean, you got to do it in the red zone. You know, I remember, I remember a long time ago playing Idaho state was having this awesome year. I mean, they had all the stats, right. But they weren't winning. They would run, they would move that ball between the twenties, like nobody's business. But what happens is, is when you get inside the 20, that field shrinks and you can't throw the ball as much, right. Uh, your passing lanes and the zones are tighter and everything. At some point in time, if you want to be a great football team, you got to knock people off the ball, right? That's that's the difference. I mean, I think there's a team in Dakota that does that pretty damn good. Everybody knows they're going to run the ball and they knock you off the ball. So that's that's I think if anything, I just we got to evolve to that every week. And I think we're getting so much better. I mean, we're so much better on offense right now. Uh, it's it's just awesome, right? It's just the, the the way Bronson's playing, the way the receivers, the consistency, you know, the timing of everything, the execution. It's just awesome, right? So just gotta just continue to work on being real physical because that's that's what good teams do, right? Right. Both on offense and defense to be able to stop the run and to be able to knock people off and get, you know, get a get a first down when you need two yards to get a first down. Don, final thoughts on Portland State. You you know, my mantra, Colby, we've said it many times on this wise man says what? Uh, never lose to the green teams. And it's not going to happen on Saturday. Don't lose to today. the green teams. Do not lose to the green teams. So looking for a wildcat dub up in Hillsboro today. Uh, next guys, let's go to fly around the sky. I've got some matchups across everybody. I think everybody's done for the most part with their bye weeks. It looks like, nope, SAC is not on their bye week yet. So I think maybe SAC and Montana state are, have yet to have their bye weeks, but everybody else has gone through theirs thus far, I believe. So first matchup, Montana state taking the trip down to Greeley to face the Northern Colorado fighting McCaffrey's. That's the, that's the joke in the podcast network. Who you guys got in this one? Bobcats or the take, bears? Take the Bobcats at whatever points the uh, entertainment people will give you. How about you, Tom? How are you feeling about this? You have faith in the hiding McCaffrey's or is it all Sean Chambers again? No faith. No, no faith. faith at all. <laughs> what about you? What no, about you? Absolutely not. No, I think that the thing that is going to happen is the same thing that Montana state has done to every single team that they've played thus far, except for Oregon state who has surprised they're going to run the ball all over them and they're going to dare them to stop them. And until they mm-hmm. do, it's going to be a long day for the bears on their own field. So nope. I, I, I just, I want to say something. It's it's just amazing to me. And I don't know. Right. I don't know what goes on in Colorado, but you know, there was, there was a, uh, a nice turn in Weber State football when you look at how many U- Utah kids we have on the team, right? And I recruited Colorado, and there's some dudes in Colorado. There's a lot of good football sure. in Colorado, and and I'm just kind of wondering what, you know. And he's all this is only his second year, right? So I'm just under I'm just interested in to see what happens that third year because the third year is the big year. But I'm just wondering if he's going to do it with with Colorado kids, right? How's he, how he, how is he building his program? If he's, if he's using that, that, that group of kids to, to get him over the hump. Yeah. Well, it looks like he might have some competition because CU Boulder is uh, in dire straits as well. <laughs> so uh, they might be looking locally too. You could yeah. say the entire state of college football in Colorado is not at its peak right now. It's not really there. I, I mean, who's the best team in the, in the state right now? Air Force. Oh, Colorado School of Mines. Yeah, the Colorado Ooh, School geez. of Mines. <laughs> hey, I got hope. Go. Hey, I'm a I'm a Colorado State fan. You know why? Because I was uh, uh, Bonneville JV played Lehigh, and the, the kid that was holding the chains on our sideline 
is the quarterback for Lehigh and he's committed to Colorado state. Good kid, good kid talking to him. So I hope he goes there and I hope he changes. I hope he changes Colorado, Colorado state football because he's a Utah kid from Lehigh. That would be awesome. I guess we'll see nowhere to go, but up in Fort Collins, but let's talk about the next one, Idaho at Montana. This is the, uh, the little Brown Stein game. Um, Long time rivalry here. How are you guys feeling? Because this one, I think, is the first game in Big Sky Conference play where two teams above 500 will face each other. Obviously, the Vandals still in the first year of Jason Eck. And so some some good things, some good momentum. But the Grizz sitting atop the conference standings right now looking really good. So what do you got? The Vandals or the Grizz in Missoula? I so badly, I so badly want to pick the Vandals. I really do. I really do. I just so, oh, I, I just want to do it, but I can't. I just can't. I'm going Grizz. Yeah. Not not so fast, my friend, as my grandpa, who is an Idaho Vandal. But I'm, I'm, I'm picking Idaho because I want, I want this prize pick. I think they're the feel-good team of the conference right now. Yeah. And, and I think they want this, and they're going to they're gonna surprise Montana. Um, I think Kochek is doing really great. I but I need to call the pod father out for cheering against Weber State last week. And and uh uh he he need, he knows what he did and he's persona non grata in, in the Weber State <laughs> Weekly household right now because he's, he he went against uh family and, and picked against Weber State last week. Uh and so uh but go vandals. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, the real reason, the, the real, the backstory why Sean chose them is because one of his favorite people used to be the head coach there, one John L. Smith. Oh, <laughs> ow. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, right in the heart. Oh, oh man, dig that knife. That, we have a rule on this show he who shall not be named. Yeah, I said it last week. I said the name and I was. I was apologetic. Right. Well, you're the one. I, you're the one rooting for his squad, not me. Hey, it's I been a while. No, no, it's not his comment. squad anymore. This is Coach X squad. Oh yeah, yeah. this isn't even Bob. You know, this isn't even Petrino's squad anymore. You know, it's like nah, <laughs> nah. This is, this is a new day I, I in Moscow. I, I believe there's a jar in the Weber State Weekly headquarters that now needs a couple extra bucks in a Coach X. Yeah. No, that's fair. That is totally fair. Hundred percent. Why? Hey. Hey, you want to hear a good Petrino story? Not not Petrino that used to be the head coach, but the Bobby Petrino from Louisville. Yeah, who's now so in Missouri was, State. Yeah, yeah the, the, so the one was, that crashed his motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. So whatever. <laughs> so so when I was a freshman at Weber State, Petrino was the receivers coach, right? And Zimmer, who used to be the head coach for the Vikings, was the DB coach. So I'm sitting there in my stretch line, right? And it's during two days and something happened during the morning practice. And those two guys were so mad at each other that they were ready to throw down and fight at practice, Petrino and Zimmer. It was like, I was just, like, I was just a freshman. And I was just going, what is happening right now? <laughs> Wild, man. Uh, yeah. Missouri state. No, they've had a, it's pretty cool though. Think about it. I know Petrino, Petrino and Zimmer, Zimmer, but two NFL guys that were walking the field that we were state coaching. That's I, cool. yeah, I say most people don't realize the history of uh, football coaching at Weber state and how many guys have gone on to major college or, or NFL careers um, oh, out yeah. of Weber state. And, and that Weber state has a super, uh, uh, I don't want to say secret, but, but I, I, there's a, there's a chain there or, or a, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? But, yeah, there's just a, a, a connection from Weber state to bigger jobs, uh, historically from the football program. Yeah. Here's one that you guys, here's one that you guys don't know. When I, when I started coaching, I think my third year, I was coaching with a guy named Derek Mason. He's the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma state. Now he was the head coach. He was the God, who was he head to coach for? He was, uh, was it Vanderbilt? He was the head coach for Vanderbilt. Mm, rough times. Um, I, I, everybody knows, um, uh, Jim Fossil who coached the giants and boy, John, 
Uh, yeah. I, I lived in the dorms at, at, at uh, Promontory Tower in Wasatch Hall with, with John Fossil when he was, uh, he's the special teams coordinator for the uh, Dallas Cowboys right now, was with the Rams and the Ravens and Raiders for a long time. So, yeah. I mean, the sneaky good coaching tree out of Weaver State. Yeah. Last one, and then we'll move on to the next pick, guys. Uh, I like to remind Tennessee fans, because it was a big game in Knoxville this weekend. Yeah, um, I heard that. That uh, their head coach, Josh Heupel, former quarterback at Weber State. That is true. I like to remind him of that. Next up, guys, Sac State at Eastern Washington. The Hornets will take the trip up to the red turf. And my understanding is they've never won there. And we know the situation that Eastern Washington's in right now. And we know the situation that Sac State's in right now. How you guys feel about this one? All right, Sean, stars off. No, I, I, this is the toughest game for me. It's weird. Um, yeah. Be, because uh, didn't we see the stat? Isn't SAC, they are undefeated in conference play on the road in, in the last, what, in three, the, four years? In the Troy Taylor era, they have not lost yeah. a Big Sky Road game. I think this is the first. Woo! Okay. Sean is taking E-woo. Tom, what about you? Yeah, man. Well, I'm already I'm already up one on Sean because I took Montana. Do I want to be? Do I, do I want to go? Do I want to go two by taking sack, or do I want to play it close to my hand and take Ewash? This, this is this is for entertainment purposes only, and anybody that is entertaining along with us is winning money. So it doesn't matter what you do. It. What's Sack's record right now, Kobe? They're undefeated. I'm going sack. They haven't lost a game and they have an FBS win against Colorado state. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. I'm going sack though. Okay. Half the big sky is rated higher than Colorado state and Sagarin right now. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> they are bad. It is rough times in Fort Collins. Um, next up Northern Arizona at UC Davis, Northern Arizona really has fallen off in the last few weeks. Um, they did have a win last weekend against Cal Poly. Um, but not after that big win against Sam Houston state, a lot of declines. So how do you feel about this one, folks? Davis coming off of a bye week after having lost to Weber state and getting blown out by Give me Dan Hawkins and the Aggies. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking the Hawk. I'm taking the Hawk. Me too. Because I, I just, RJ Martinez is, I don't know. It feels like maybe teams have figured him out a bit. He was the freshman of the year last year in the big sky has not had as good of a season this year, even though he's the reigning offensive player of the week. I mean, I don't know, guys. Like, I just think that the Lumberjacks don't have it. They've continued to prove that they don't have it. So why would I believe in them? And then finally, Weber State at Portland State. Talked all about this. Who are you guys taking in this one? Never lose to the green team. It should be obvious. Never lose to the green team. Never. You shouldn't even ask that question. That's an insult. <laughs> I got to write it down, guys. I got to have the picks written down. We got to have it on the record. We yeah, so I can record. maintain, but I'm taking the Wildcats as well. Weaver State, Weaver State, great, great, great on uh, later today. That's right. Uh, okay, so that's the those are the games across the conference today. Uh, but now let's look at the upcoming schedule, of course. Today, Saturday, October 15th at Portland State. This game will be at 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, then the following week, Saturday, October 22nd, that's where it gets real. Ladies and gentlemen at Montana state Wildcats take the trip to Bozeman to take on the Bobcats who will likely be undefeated in the FCS um, and at the top of the conference ratings. Uh, so that game will be at 1 PM mountain standard time ESPN plus my understanding is there may be a few tickets if you're interested in going to Bozeman, but it's pretty tight, pretty sold out up there. Then Saturday, October 29th, the Montana Grizz come to Ogden to face the Weber State Wildcats. 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time tickets at WeberStateSports.com or ESPN+. Plus. We urge you to get those tickets to show up and be loud in the stadium. We know that Grizz fans are going to be traveling. We want to make sure that that 10,700 that we saw on Saturday last week, let's see that again. Because hey, let's just put it this way, Colby. Let's put it this way. For every ticket bought by a Wildcat fan, that's one less Grizz fan in the stand. There you go. So you want to make sure that there's a far less maroon and a lot more purple in the stands. Buy tickets, bring your family and friends. We'll let you know if we hear about any ticket deals today, but uh, as it sits, yeah, buy those tickets. We'll get there. 
Make sure that there's as few Grizz fans in the stands as possible on October 29th. And then Saturday, November 5th, Sac State comes to Ogden to play the Wildcats. 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time there. Same tickets at WeaverStateSports.com or ESPN+. Plus. Um, that will be an interesting game because I think SAC is maybe a little bit underrated. Uh, if you listen to Big Sky Big Takes this week, I did I did the show with Montana Parlay, and we talked a little bit about SAC. Uh, Cameron Scadabo is the real deal. Um, probably top of the conference right now, uh, a candidate for offensive player of the year. We will see. But like Sean said just a moment ago, SAC State thus far, we'll see what happens today, but thus far has not lost a Big Sky road game in the Troy Taylor era. So we'll see. Um, wrap up the show, guys. Email us, weberstateweekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then, of course, patreon.com slash weberstateweekly. Uh, check out the blog. We've been posting our grades there, putting all that stuff in. So, yeah, go check out those grades. And then as soon as this game is over today, we'll probably put more grades on the blog. And then I'll try and get my stuff organized and get some recruiting uh, content up there because I've noticed that folks have been visiting. They've been on official visits to Ogden. So we'll try and get some interviews with some of those kids and find out what they're all about, how they're feeling, what they like about Weber State. So wrap it up like we usually do, guys. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great, great. Go Wildcats. Oh.